storytelling and your brand. So many businesses hear about this story thing, but a lot of them don't understand how important and sticky a good story can actually be. But how do you tell a good story and why is it so important? Find that out and more on this episode of Forward Thinking. Hey everyone, I'm Darren Lake, the audio content manager here at Medici. Welcome to Forward Thinking, a podcast by Medici. In this series, we speak with inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. In this episode, the tables get turned and I'm in the passenger seat being interviewed by employee number four and head of content, Brendan Hill. I talk about my challenging journey into starting a podcast-focused production company called Podpaste and what I've learned from it that can help your own business. This was recorded a while back and before I came in as the audio content manager here at Medigy, so some things might be out of sequential order. A few things that you will learn in this episode, why I started a podcast-focused storytelling company, how to start a podcast for your business and why, a few simple tips and tricks to get high-quality sound, how to extract stories from your podcast guests, and much more. Let's get into it with Brendan and myself. Let's dive right in. Darren, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that was a great intro. Um, the pre-recorded one and just this one. <laughs> That's right. we are, we're in yeah. the studio, in the studio. I love saying that. Yeah. And we're going to get more meta as well today because you're going to talk about podcasting, why businesses should start a podcast. And they... marketers. That's right. Yeah. So no, really excited to get stuck straight in today. But first of all, how did you get involved with podcasting in the first place? Ah, well, let's tell stories because... We all love stories. Everyone wants to hear stories. Yeah. So it's a story about a story. Um, it's a really good one. I like it. I think it's a good one. So I have an audio background, a big audio, mainly music background, degree in audio music tech from good old Susquehanna University in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, nice. Northeast United States. I'm obviously American. And um, I graduated and said, I am going to make money in the music industry and i.e. audio. Uh, that's how I'm going to make a living, a career. And I did that. And it was awesome. Signed to a label. I got tracks played all around the world, DJed a lot of places, performed a lot of places for a lot of people, got music on TV shows and movies, fun stuff. Yeah. Right. And um, I then, you know, was listening to a podcast. I remember being, sorry, I was listening to a radio station. Yeah. It was, uh, it's called YPR, which is NPR, but um, in Baltimore, they call it uh, WYUR public radio. Nice. Um, and I loved YPR. And again, this is post the podcast first boom, the first wave of podcasting. And um, side note, I'll, I'll back up. So I remember it was, I was sitting, I moved back to my parents' house, you know, I did the whole live on my own thing. And then I was like, oh, this is expensive. And I moved back to my parents' house. I was like, oh, okay, this is really cheap. And I can, you know, be a struggling uh, audio musician person. And I remember just online, it said, podcast of the new thing and i was like pod that sounds like ipods like what mm. apple and then i remember like going oh man i gotta jump on this it's 2005 right wow. and i was like no 2006 and i remember like i remember opening up itunes and there was a podcast tab somewhere however it was set up mm. and i remember going oh man i gotta listen to this podcast what is this and the first one was a ypr show a npr show and i was like that popped up i don't i just remember being like what rss feed i knew that was from blogs and i was like mm. what is going on here and then I downloaded it and was like, wait, it's a two people talking. I was like, this is great. I just downloaded the radio. <laughs> and I remember being so upset uh-huh. and going, radio's boring. I have, again, I have another degree, a, you know, co-degree in communications broadcasting. And I was like, 
I want to, radio's boring. Like who, like I just wanted to make cool music and tell stories through my music. And you know, if I worked with video and documentaries, so that's uh that's foreshadowing for the next version of it. So we're in, you know, I'm in 2008 now and in my car. And I remember just a radio show, which I thought was a radio show came on and it was radio lab, which if you listen to podcasts, radio lab mm-hmm. is one of the most highly produced sound design podcast right now out there. They use a lot of sound design to tell stories. And I remember it was, a, it was about a guy that he couldn't make a decision. And it wasn't like, oh, no, like he actually, so somehow he got some disease where, and he was fine up until about 40, 50. He actually would be paralyzed by making a decision. And it was to the point where he had to sign a paper. Like he was some, you know, executive level person. And his secretary was like, sign this contract. And he'd sit there for three hours because he couldn't choose between black and blue. Or he'd go to the supermarket and the cereal aisle and he'd be just overwhelmed with the choices. And the way they designed the anxiety that he had and the voices in his head, black, blue, black, blue, going left and right. Whoever your editor is, he should actually do that in in post-production. But it got me and I was in my car and I did what every good podcast purpose is. You get to your destination and you stay there waiting for the end. And I didn't know that this was available as a podcast. I didn't know you could download this. And mm-hmm. um, I still don't know the name of that episode. I tried to find it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, if I ever do something like an audio documentary, I mm-hmm. want to do this. This got me. And um, fast forward to 2014, 2015, I was uh, working, I was managing the audio department of an advertising agency. Um, more the production of an av- a creative agency. And they wanted to do a podcast. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then they do kind of a mock one. And I go, this is boring. Like, it was just mm-hmm. two people talking about advertising. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, let's add some sound design and some cool stuff and field interviews. And they're like, do you know how hard that is to do? I was like, can't be that hard. <laughs> so <laughs> then I was like, oh, wow, it sounds much harder than it actually is which I guess most things always are harder when you actually do them than they, the final product. Like looking at a movie, it's like, oh yeah, you don't know that it took four years to make the movie and $350 million to make Avengers. But um, I actually just in the back of my head, I said, I want to do one of these. I want to do one of these podcasts. Mm. And the company, you know, whatever happened with them. And then I was like, how about I start producing people's podcasts? Just freelance, you know, like, it was the third wave or, you know, the, the post-serial wave of podcasting, which is it's probably the third wave of podcasting. Yeah. And this is 2016, 2017, 2017. And I was like, I want to start a company, but I want to like freelance and help people make podcasts. But it's got to be my type of podcast, like narrative and sound design and all this. Mm. And uh, here we are today. And um, it's really hard getting people to want to do the style that I want. So mm. right now I'm, I'm recording um, very standard interviews similar to this podcast. But uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to scale up and make it easier for people to tell audio stories, mm. higher produced audio stories, because I, I know where the barrier to entry is quite high on yep. this. And I know where it is now after doing a couple. Mm. Uh, and I feel like I can hack the system and possibly mm. make it affordable for companies. Yeah. I mean, can you dive deeper into why telling narrative and telling stories for businesses is so powerful? And I mean, there's some good Presidents out there, Gimlet Media, one of the biggest companies that were just acquired by Spotify for $214 million. I thought it was $230. Oh, was it? Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm rounding it down. A quarter billion for a content-only <laughs> podcast company. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can see the power of it as well. And 
I mean, those guys, I've been talking to you, you know, you've told me some of the companies that they've done them for, like the Nikes, the Ebays, the Slacks. The branded, yeah, the branded ones. Yeah, yeah. the branded podcasts and the amount of money. How much are these guys spending on audio podcasts? Um, there's whispers I've found through, is it Pacific Audio is the company? Um, they have a blog post. They said the mid hundred thousands. Per so, episode? Uh, no, for like a six, eight episode package. Right. Yeah, so that's USD. Mm. So, you know, anywhere from 400 to 600,000. USD thousand dollars. Wow, for six episodes, so that's pretty much a hundred thousand dollars an episode. Which, mm. if you listen to the credits at the end, there's like fifteen people involved. Yeah, and I'd say half of that price, if not more, is to get into the Gimlet network. Right, which you know, it's like being on HBO. Like you can have an mm. awesome, you know, film, but if no one sees it, mm. you know, HBO is not there to push it. Then you have to do all the marketing. So you, you know, you. I don't know how much it costs to get onto HBO, mm. but I'm Alex Bloomberg, who's the CEO of of Gimlet has said he wanted to be the HBO of podcasting. Yeah. So it does make sense that they're going to charge this premium amount and mm. this stuff is good, mm. you know? So, yeah. But I guess for businesses just starting out, they might not be able to, you know, have the resources or afford to do the big story arcs, the big storytelling. What about traditional podcasting? Like, you know, I guess it's a good way. What are some of the advantages for early stage businesses to start a podcast? Um, the advantages definitely, you know, everyone's like, oh, you should start a podcast. They're simple. They're easy. I hate to say affordable. I've already said that actually, and I hate to say it again. Yeah. They require less, let's say resources is the word. They require yeah. less resources and whatever you want to insert as your resource, which is mm. usually money. Yeah. They require less resources than video to mm. tell a story. And what's cool is Ira Glass is, you know, I love this quote. He says, audio is such a visual medium. And with video, you're already putting people in that scene. Like your imagination can't really run very wild watching a movie because mm. everything's there. The sound, the video, the person speaking. But with audio, if you set the scene correctly, whether someone's telling a story via just their voice, you don't have to have a lot of production. Yeah. Um, it does become very visual. So, mm. you know, the, the Tim Ferriss, um, whenever he has guests on, they get to tell a story. You, the Tim Ferriss Show, whatever podcast. I think that's his name. They tell stories and you're there. You're transported there. You know, mm. um, Terry Crews was probably one of his strongest podcast episodes. You know Terry Crews, right? Terry Crews? No. Yeah. He's the big black guy. He was on the um, the Old Spice commercials. Oh, yeah. He was yeah, in yeah, that yeah. Uh, White Girls movie. You yeah, remember? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like really funny. Yeah. But he's like a big burly black guy. And he's yeah, just like this yeah. soft teddy bear. And that was the best episode Wow. And I finally figured out why. And it was because Terry Crews was constantly telling stories. Mm. And then it's story- and this is the secret sauce to all the narrative podcasts. It's yeah. story slash anecdote explanation. Mm. So if you go to church, you know, I'm not, I'm not condoning or condemning any, any religion, but if you go to church, the pastor or whoever it is, they tell a story from whatever book you read. Mm. And then they explain that and how that applies to your life. It's human psychology. It's human nature. That's how it always yeah. is. And it's really easy to relate. And stories, again, they transport you to that place. Mm. Um, so back to your original question, the storytelling, it allows you to connect with your audience mm. in such a strong way. And the audio, again, the audio medium, every, if you're a marketing person, you're listening, I know you know this. Everyone knows this stories are, you know, the best thing, blah, blah, blah. But the reason why podcasts are so strong is because, you know, it's passive, obviously, and you can listen anywhere, mm. um, you know, outside of, when you're having a conversation with someone, yeah. but you can listen and do so many other things and still be transported mm. to that place, driving, walking on the train, commuting, whatever it is, uh, working out, running. Mm. And then it 
sets the scene for you to then, the listener, you as a listener, to then be at that place and to feel what that person feels in your own way. And that's very, it's like reading a book, you know, mm. like that character that you read. You only have that vision in your head and then someone reads it and it will be totally different. Yeah. Well, it's interesting as well. I mean, we did a bit of research. I said we're going to get meta and we're going to talk about a bit of the meta G results from the podcast so far. So we did do a bit of research when we first identified, you know, podcasting as a good channel. I mean, we've used it for you know, acquisition, you know, getting an awareness, getting people in at the top of our funnel. We've used it for retention as well. So we have a large user base already and they enjoy the stories. They enjoy the lessons from the different business leaders that we have on. I mean, we get the transcript as well. So, I mean, that's the thing about podcasting that you mentioned, you know, you can consume it anywhere, walking, gym. I mean, we provide the text as well. Mm. It's a good way to meet uh, interesting new people like yourself. And I mean, everyone wants to come on a podcast. I mean, a lot of people have been on this podcast, you know, they're fairly successful. It's the first podcast they've been on. So I guess there's that novelty factor as well. I mean, you've produced I don't know, hundreds of podcasts. Is this the first uh, podcast that you've been on the other side of the microphone? Yeah. Like I, ha I have my own, I had two podcasts at one point and now I have mm -hmm. one and I've been, you know, on those. But as, as I was telling you before we started, it's like scripted. Like I know what I'm going to say and where I'm going to be. Like even though I am the host, like mm. I haven't been flipped in the uh, the passenger seat, I guess. Mm. So this is the first time I've actually been, you know, on someone's show. It, it's, it's like when you do it, because I said, okay, let's use my microphones. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we're going to set it up like this and uh, I'll just do this. Like I, yeah. I'm like, if I'm going to be on it, it's got to be high quality because yeah. I produce podcasts so I can't mm. be pr promoting a podcast that you know the bad, quality bad for your brand it, it is yeah. you know it's, it's like uh, I tell people it's like a graphic designer or a web designer that has a bad website you know yeah. like like all my podcasts that I do my personal ones have to sound good because mm. it's like oh that's your pocket but you are a podcast production how can how's your podcast sound average it needs to sound great yeah. so yeah but I mean, talking about equipment, that's a really good point. I mean, a lot of people have gear fear. They don't know what to purchase. when Gear fear? Gear fear, yeah. They don't know what to purchase. Never heard. You never a, heard gear fear? I'm a gear guy and I've never heard <laughs> gear fear. I've heard paralysis analysis. Uh, uh, wow. Bit of gear fear. You know, they yeah. don't know what to purchase. I mean, today we're very fortunate to have, I guess, the, the Tesla of podcast studio setups here with your fantastic professional equipment. Man, you are full of compliments. <laughs> Thank you so much. But for people just starting out, you know, early businesses listening might be interested in dipping their toe in the water. What's the best way to get started? Where should they record? And how do they get it live on the cool. internet? All right. I've actually got a blog post that should be going live some point um, about gear and microphones in particular. Nice. And I really want to stress this because if you if you see like so many podcast websites and so many mm. new podcasters like, what microphone should I get? Oh, man, blah, blah, blah. And it's like cameras, like your camera sucks if you don't have good lighting, mm. like lighting's everything with microphones and audio, your room that you're recording in is everything. Mm. Like the microphone I've recorded with $50 handheld microphones, like stage mics, like 50, literally $50. They might've been $40. Yeah. And they sounded better because of the way they actually work than a thousand dollar microphone, $2,000 microphone in the room. Wow. So the room is huge. Now back to the room. Make sure your room is padded, as in like it doesn't have echo. So make sure it's dense. There's furniture everywhere. There's a uh, carpet. Mm. There's drapes possibly. Make sure it's a small room. Large rooms usually have a lot of echo. 
glass is the worst. Mm-hmm. Marble's the worst. Hardwood polished floors come a close third. <laughs> Stay away from all those types of things. If you can get the two people into a closet of sorts, great. Don't do it in your office conference glass room yeah. with a porcelain table. Like that's the worst thing you could do. So as far as microphone goes, it's really diminishing returns. I'd say around the, you know, the, the there's a $250 mic. That's great. The Rode Procaster. I'm not, you know, endorsed by Rode, but it's a great mic. It rivals the seven, $800 ones. There's a, you know, not to get all geary, but there's the two big ones, the Shore one and the uh, Electro Voice that are high end that you see in every radio station or the big podcast that Joe Rogan uses. Hmm. The Shore SM7B. I have to tell you that. No one cares. But um, those, the Rode Procaster is definitely up there. And then the one below that is the Rode PodMic, which is the one that you usually use. We're using the Procasters right now. Yeah. But they only really sound really good and they shine in a great sounding space. Mm. And then from there, record into a clean device. Make sure your laptop's not spinning up and making all crazy noises. Again, stay away from windows and, and all those things that make noise couriers knocking on your door, drilling outside, all that type of stuff. And you can get a really clean recording for very, very little money if you think about the space. Mm. But to my own horn and promote my own business, if you're in Sydney, I've got a beautiful podcast uh, production recording studio that I use that is dead silent in the middle of CBD. So if you don't want to deal with making a space, which is hard, there's some portable booths out there. Pitch makes one, Pitch Acoustics. They're actually uh, based in Australia. They make a like a concrete sound booth thing. So right. concrete is actually the material you want. And then you mm-hmm. pad the concrete because no sound goes in, no sound goes out. Right. So sound soundproofing actually means that sound can't mm-hmm. go in or out. That's really technical jargon. Well, I'll, I'll bring that back to more top level type stuff. But uh, yeah. your room, your room, your room, you can use a $50 mic. You can use an iPhone, smartphone, wired, what are these, uh, a headset microphone and being a great sounding room and you can actually get a really good recording versus being on a $2,000 mic mm. in a terrible sounding room. Yeah. Some very good tips. And we'll put all of Darren's resources. There's going to be a lot today in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can find at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And you also have a good podcast book that you recommended to me. Yes. What was that called again? It's called Out on the Wire by mm. Jessica Abel or Abel. Uh, mm. I might be saying her name wrong. And the foreword was by Ira Glass in that, which is yeah. This American Life, NPR. Yeah. He's kind of one of the first ones to do the narrative podcasting. And it's actually about narrative podcasting. So there's mm. a bunch of books. There's a bunch of websites on how to start a podcast. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, I can't say, I don't want to swear, but I'm not, yeah. you know, SHITing on them. Mm. But those websites, they're, they're everywhere. And if you want to learn how to start a podcast, please go to them. That's great. Yeah. But again, what I'm trying to do is a bit more, it's a bit ambitious. Mm. So I had to figure out the secret sauce and the dark magic behind narrative podcasting. And this book just gives all the secrets away in wow. a very beautiful comic format. Alex Blumberg from Gimlet's in there. It was written in 2009. So he oh, was wow. on Planet Money and he was talking about that from Planet Money. Obviously, Planet Money people in there. I think it was uh, Robert, um, I forgot his name, one of the guys from Planet Money. You got uh, Roman Mars from 99% Invisible. All the narrative podcast guys. There's uh, Snap Judgment. There was one other big one. Radio Labs in there. Mm. Um, It was written pre-serial, so obviously they didn't get serial people in there. But um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing because it talks about the story. And they literally go 70% into the book before they actually start talking about sound. 
Wow. And then they're like, we, I know it feels like sound isn't as important as a story. Mm. And then they basically say, but the story is way more important than the sound. Because again, you can have someone on an iPhone tell a story. And if they know how to tell it correctly with no sound design, it can be just as compelling as someone that doesn't tell a story with all the sound design in the world. Mm. It could be more compelling. So the story, you know, it's the me. It's like, it's like an acoustic, a track that's on piano only or acoustic guitar. Mm. If it moves you, then it's going to sound amazing produced as a big pop track in a, a billion dollar studio. Sorry, a million dollar studio. Mm. So the, the story is the essential heart and foundation and guts mm. of, of any narrative podcast. Yeah. So when you start working with a business, how do you extract that story from them? And I mean, we've had people on the podcast, branding experts, presentation experts, everyone talks about the story, how important it is. I just read a stat the other day about Pixar. They spend 80% of their time just working on the story, just on the script, not rendering that animation and all the other time-consuming bits. How do we get the story from our business or how do you do it at Podpaste? Well, it's a lot of, uh, when I first speak with companies, they usually have, you know, I'm a pretty transparent guy for better or worse. Um, they usually have more editorial creative control than I would personally like. They really just want me to be a technical producer. Um, and again, technical is just, uh, you know, the gear and the just making it sound good, the mixing, the mastering, audio editing, as they say, um, all that type of stuff, mm. you know, scheduling, production, like le legit technical production is where I see most people needing my services. And then they're like, oh, we got the guests, we've got the topics and all that. I do come in and I do help them with that. Sometimes it can be an extra uh, add-on service. Sometimes it's a part of it just because I'm so deep into it. I go, hey, maybe try that, try this. But the the clients that I do work with that really let me in, I've found that to be a much better final product because I have done podcasts, you know, much more than this company. Mm. So yeah, they might, you know, they might have a whole comms PR team that handles all that. But me coming in and just tweaking one thing and going, this actually works better for a podcast is usually the best. So coming in really early and finding out from beginning to end, not just, mm -hmm. you know, oh, what do you want to do every week? You know, they turn up and they tell me what, what the topic is about. Or they don't even tell me. They just start recording. That's not the greatest thing to do with a podcast producer like me that actually has, uh, you know, creative and technical skill set and creative and technical service that I love to give that I, that I have available for clients and businesses. Mm, interesting. And can you tell us a bit more about your solution that you are going to build for Narrative Podcasts? Yeah. So uh, it's a bit ambitious and mm. I love telling people my ideas to get the reactions to see if people go, that's stupid, man. Mm. Uh, or if people go, oh. <laughs> and again, uh, as Derek Siver says, what is it? A great idea is worth $20. An average idea is worth 10 and a bad idea is worth one. Mm. Because if you, if you, you know, that's the left side of the list. And if you go to the right side on execution, you execute a bad idea. That's a few million, like mm. creating a leaf blowing company. Yeah, that, that's kind of a that's not a bad idea. It's a pretty average idea. So let's say it's a ten dollar idea. You turn that into a ten million dollar business because mm -hmm. you execute it. And then you know executing a great idea that's billions of dollars. Yeah. So the execution is where the actual value is in things. And um, I'm very open to give you my my twenty dollar. I think it's a twenty dollar idea. Mm. And it's what I said earlier in the podcast, it was in this episode, it's to scale in an economical and way that makes sense for businesses, the narrative podcast format. Yeah. And I think it's there and I'm trialing a lot of things and it will be very much like the 
Canva slash Squarespace of podcast, narrative podcasting, mm. where it's like these pre-made templates. I'm probably going to start with an AB in the beginning, one, two, either or. If you want to go outside of that, you're probably going to have to pay premium rates yeah. just because of the way the system is. But it's, you know, just moving blocks around and, and trying to get that, that story told. Mm. I think there's a possibility to do that. Obviously, I have a lot of hurdles to jump, a lot of challenges with that. But yeah, that is my idea. What do you think of that? I love it. No, I think there's definitely an appetite there. And yeah, I mean, we're in the, I guess, the beginnings of the golden age of narrative-driven podcasts as well. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about narrative-driven podcasts, so you've talked about Roman Mars at 99% Invisible, one of my favorites. So you've talked about Alex Bloomberg and all the Gimlet series. I mean, what other sources of inspiration can a business owners listen to? Because, I mean, I was a, a big podcast fan before we started the Medici podcast and, you know, learned so much from all these guys, the Tim Ferriss podcast as well. What are some of your other favorites besides Radiolab that you've also mentioned? Yeah, Radiolab is up there. Ma- our Masters of Scale. Oh, the Reed yeah. Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really oh, good. Masters of Scale yeah. is so good. Yeah. It, I love Reed and I love his team. I think it's uh, Wait One. Uh, which is Reed's company, podcast production company. Right. Um, and it was started, it was Reed and the woman that uh, produced all the TED series. She okay. actually started TED. Um, wow. And then she moved away from that. She was one of the women. I, I, I could be wrong. Please fact check me on that. <laughs> I hear you coming over me and being like, Darren <laughs> is actually wrong. This is what happened with the woman. But um, it's really cool. Masters of scale. Reed Hoffman, he's overly dramatic in a good way and it works. It could have worked poorly. Mm. But uh, I, I like their sound design because it's, what is it? Spot on. It's really cheesy and <laughs> direct. And I'm a very cheesy and direct person. Yeah. So it's like, you know, someone's running and it's a cartoon sound of someone running. <laughs> you know, like the airplane flew over me. There's an airplane sound. And I'm like, yes, because <laughs> I really feel like with podcasting and this is I've been saying this for a while. Podcasting now in 2019 is where television was in 1950. Hmm. It's flat. It's a flat screen or the bubble. You know, it's a box. It's a 240 by 240 pixel box. It's black and white and a little bit of gray, Mm. monochromatic. Like it's just horrendous right now as far as the audio soundscape and your ears and the 360 plane of your ears or whatever the stereo spectrum is. It's technically not 360, but you know, you can do things really close up left, right, far away. Like there's so much that people can do with storytelling Mm. and it's starting to happen on YouTube is starting to happen on Instagram or or already has happened where there's these YouTubers that are telling these beautiful stories and they have great production behind them. Whereas Mm. 10 years ago, they didn't do that. It would just be them sitting in front of the camera talking. Mm. And now they're actually doing these cutaways to either their own field stock footage that they've made or they're getting it from other places. And it's really telling these beautiful stories. Matt Diavella is Matt D apostrophe V-E-L-L-A. I think it's how you spell it. Go to his YouTube they are these basically self-help. It's basically mm. Tim Ferriss self-help type stuff. and But it's like these five to 10 minute videos that are so beautifully shot. Yeah. The color, the cinematography behind it, the mm. music. And it's like that, it's so much stronger than him just sitting there with his iPhone going, hey guys, you know, like you want to learn about finances. Yeah, like this is how you manage your personal finances, blah, blah, blah. Or this is how you manage anxiety. Like it's all about that type of stuff. So yeah. the spot on type production, I think works really well. So back to, uh, I digress from that, back to Masters of Scale is one. Mm. Two is obviously Tim Ferriss, but two would be Song Exploder. So the musician in me comes out. I haven't heard of this one. Oh man, it's the one of the most beautiful podcasts yeah? that I, and it's it's not great for business. It really does nothing for business. <laughs> 
If you want another business podcast, How I Built This is another one. Yeah, that's that's actually good. a half half narrative. Yeah. I like the production on that. Mm, um, that's NPR as well. I think it's NPR. Yeah, yeah Guy Raz. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> he, he, you might love or hate him, yeah. um, but I'm pretty sure if you listen to this podcast, you might know about how I built this. Mm. Um, and there's not actually not too many in the space of narrative business podcasts, no. which, um, which is cool. Mm. Um, there's my podcast, Master of Some, uh, right. my personal one, and that's Master of S-O-M-E. And it's play on Jack of all trades, master of, yeah, you get it? Yeah. And um, it's a health and fitness podcast to help you become the most essential human being that you can be. So it uses health and fitness stories and metaphors to help you in your life, career, relationship, Mm. art, whatever. Um, Because I'm constantly between three states of, you know, fitness, health person. Obviously, I live life, career. I have a partner. I have a child. And then there's the artist in me. So I'm constantly going between the three and I'm always trying to find where the, the thread intersects between them and tell stories. And this next season is actually going to be mostly narrative moving forward in 2020. So um, I've all played around with some hybrid, half narrative, half standard interview conversation mm-hmm. and really, and I call it enhanced, enhanced podcast. And I've been playing around with that with some clients and that's been working pretty well, mm. like producing the interview of sorts, like having like stops and transitions and all that. And that's been really cool. So if you want to listen to that, that's in Master of Some. Uh, but yeah, Song Exploder, just the side yeah. fun one yeah. spelled all the norm way, the normal way. So beautiful. So basically what it does is it takes one song from an artist through their mouth. It's a narrative podcast, but through their mouth with no host. Wow. No narrator. It tells the story of how they made the song. And because it's audio, it's the perfect medium Mm. for you to break down a song. So it's like, cool. They just had Robin on there about her latest song. And it's like, yeah, you know, the baseline part. And they have just the baseline track playing as she's talking about it. Do you understand how organic and beautiful that is? It's just like they did it. And they talk about the transition from just an idea and and you hear the demo. You hear the the raw demo of them in their garage or their their studio, their, their basement or their iPhone sometimes. And then you hear how it goes through all these processes and then the end result in the studio and you hear the producers talking about it and then the drummer talks about it. And then at the end they go, they play the song and it's this final resolution mm. to the tension. And it's, it, they're tight 15, 20 minutes and they're just so damn good. And yeah. if you go in there, you'll probably see he has all genres. Um, You'll see maybe one of your favorite artists in there and you'll find out how they made this song. It's, no, that's I, awesome. I'm trying to find out a way how to do that for business and, yeah. and fitness because mm. if I can... If I can do something similar to that, mm. I feel like that they've got a winner in that formula there. Yeah. It is such an organic, natural sounding, great podcast. No, definitely and, and again, the guest is telling the story, mm. which is quite hard to do. The editing on that is quite hard because mm. you have to know exactly what questions and they have to answer them a certain way. Mm. And then when you go in and edit it, so it sounds, again, it sounds way easier than it is. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to check that one out. Song Exploder, very exciting. So you said before, that, you know, comparing podcasts to television where somewhere in the 1950s there's still a long way to go. Early stage businesses wanting to start out, I mean, is that is that an advantage because it's a bit of a niche at the moment? It's easier to be found than, you know, YouTube, for example, where there's so much content. I mean, I've got a few statistics here, podcast statistics that I wanted to go over. The one that really stood out, 75% of podcast listeners took action on a sponsored message, which I think is huge. And I mean, brands have been built from podcast ads like Casper Mattresses, I mean, Squarespace, you MailChimp. Always, MailChimp, you always Cereal. hear, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you always see, uh, you always hear the same sort of 
cluster of advertisers on each podcast. But I mean, is it a medium that you think could work well for any type of business? Is the timing right for anyone to jump in? I think you need to have your, because podcasting, and this is going to get meta on meta again. Mm-hmm. There is a marketing, you need to be suave with the marketing for podcasting, which is very difficult. It's not like mm-hmm. YouTube. It's not like Instagram because the podcasting ecosystem, and I don't mean to harp on Apple because thank you for coming up with the podcast structure that we have, but it also was based in the early 2000s technology and it is much different mm-hmm. and everything had to be based off of that moving forward. So, you know, brand new podcast technology is still based on the old ways. It's a very mm-hmm. linear approach versus being, you know, wide and being able to do things, you know, multi-thread, I guess, is the only analogy I can think. So the hardest thing is to get people to listen to a podcast because actually most people more than, I, I don't have the exact stat, but I think the uphill battle is that most people haven't listened to a podcast. Ever. Ever. They don't know how to. I've got Mm. a great article I'll have you link Mm. that explains we need to educate people on how to listen to podcasts first. Right. And, you know, no one knew how to Netflix. And I I say that in a verb. (laughs) No one knew how to Netflix until Netflix had on really great shows. And then people figured it out because they wanted to watch the damn shows. Mm. So podcasting needs to get really high quality content so that people are already there. So mm. everyone's like, oh, podcasting, it's come and go, like come, come and gone because, you know, the, the waves have happened. Um, the podcast bubbles burst. That's not true because most people still don't know how to podcast like they do YouTube. Hey, I got a u- new YouTube video. You click the link and you listen to it. A lot of the social networks, a lot of the way email works, a lot of the way just you can't actually have a podcast episode embedded in any social media platform. Mm. That's like terrible you can have your video embedded or a minute of your video or igtv up to an hour or something Mm. uh 10 minutes whatever it is depending on your account if you're a photographer you want to show off your photos or artist you go direct to consumer with podcasting Mm. there's three if not four steps and then you also can't control your your fans your listeners you don't have full control over them so there's all these hurdles you need to start thinking about when starting your podcast journey so there's two types of businesses. There's one, there's a business that already has fans and listeners or whatever they are, uh, you know, customers, clients that are already on whatever platform, YouTube, Instagram, whatever. And the podcast ends up being you just repurpose of sorts, or it's just an add-on. It's another value, another cool thing that you have. So you can direct all those people in 10% rule, 5 10%. Mm. They go from, you know, your Instagram, and then they go over to podcast. And then you get other people that listen to podcasts. Listen. Cool. You actually probably win the game because you already have these devoted people that will go, oh, cool, you got a podcast. I like what you're doing. Perfect example, Comedy Central, um, you know, with their shows uh, where they just repurpose. A lot of media companies, they're repurposing their media in different ways. Mm. Now, if you're just a business starting out, you don't have any type of fans, listeners, viewers, whatever it is, followers, whatever it is that you need, Podcasting does present another challenge because if you make it, they won't listen. Like it's hard for them to listen because of the way the podcast ecosystem is. And not to sound all dreary on podcasting, but Mm. it's true. Mm. Um, The listening numbers are very low compared to, you know, a YouTube or an Instagram post. So, you know, if you post and you get a million views on a video in a few weeks, podcasting is probably going to be 10% of that. Like in the beginning, at least like Mm. just um, there's the blanket. You could be Joe Rogan. It, whatever you could be an outlier and you could smash it yeah. but get ready for there to be 
a bit of a challenge to get people to listen to your podcast. Mm. And that, again, that does require marketing savviness and an ability to to figure out how to get people to listen because mm. they're not listening. You have to get people to do something they don't want to do, like mm. eat green apples. That's an inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of acquiring customers, acquiring people, I wanted to dig a bit deeper on Podpaste, so your your company at the moment. So, I mean, what what's one area that you wish you were more of an expert in in business right now for Podpaste and getting more customers? Great, great question. Practical sales and business development. Without paying clients, there is no business. Just mm. at the end of the day. Um, you know, I have ideas like I was talking about earlier for cool features, products, and companies. But without an actual want for it, which you don't know until you put it out there in the market. Yeah. You know, and paying people that want it, then it's pointless. So I have to sell. That's the biggest thing is sales and business development, which I'm decent at. You know, I can figure out where the problem is and give you a solution. And you know, I can talk to people. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind the hard sell and, and doing all that. Um, the cold cold calls every now and then. Yeah. The fun theoretical answer is: I wish I was more of an expert in psychology, right? And in particular, NLP, neuro linguistic programming. Mm. What makes people say and think? the things that they do mm. and what makes them tick. And um, Tim Urban, Wait But Why, he's yeah. a beautiful author. He's an awesome, just the way he writes is mm. funny and entertaining and informing and everything it needs to be as far as writing goes. He's helping me understand humans without getting a degree mm. <laughs> in yeah. psychology. So um, yeah, that's something I, I'm definitely, those are two areas that I am either working with someone on or you mm. know, working on my own. Interesting. And speaking of tools, we've talked about a lot of resources and tools today. Focusing on your business, though, are there any tools under $100 that have made a significant impact for Podpaste? A really good tool that I was pretty excited about. Um, it's it's about 10 to $12. Actually, it's a bit more than that. It's almost USD and then you convert <laughs> over the AUD. Uh, it's an online publishing tool. And I don't want to say the company's name because I don't want it to be a competitor of Medigy. And I know Medigy doesn't, they're not just an online publishing tool, but with my own fitness and health podcast and my, my fitness brand, because I am a master of some, I try to do a lot of different things for better or for worse. I used to hate going, oh, today's the day I have to post. Oh, what do I have to post? And this is a marketing, you know, this is a marketing 101 right now. Mm. And I had learned to become a publisher. And I didn't know what that was. And then I realized, you know, having your content beforehand, sitting down and doing a few months worth. That's, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm about, uh, I try to be a few weeks with that podcast, with my own stuff. I try to be a few months. But yeah, I love that publishing tool because I I just wake up and I go, oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me comment on a couple. Oh, that's so nice. Because I would sit there for 20, 30 minutes trying to come up with something slick and, and it was so stressful. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like writing a book, like go yeah. on the spot. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not a freestyle rapper where I could come mm-hmm. up with super witty stuff on the spot or, yeah. you know, whose line is it anyway? Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, improv, like I'm not, I'm terrible at improv. So I, yeah. I can't believe I haven't stumbled in this conversation. Whoever, yeah. whoever edits it is genius. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on from tools to investments now, any investments that you've made in your business that have been, you know, really beneficial, could be a course, could be some kind of campaign that you've done in the past? Definitely hiring someone. I know this isn't mm. an actual, but I invested in hiring someone. And the reason for that is, again, I'm transparent, but I love working with people that are smarter than me and it helps me learn so much. Like standing on the shoulders of giants is is real. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm okay. And I always give credit where credit's due. 
So I don't, you know, take it as mine. You know, I quote someone, I always put, I always try to tag them and quote them. Like I'd say this, this person's idea, they really helped me. I come from a DIY freelance contract consultant background. So I know how to do a lot of things, but I realized trying to start this business that I couldn't do it all on my own. Mm. And, you know, there's not that many hours in the day and also just my sanity and just having Mm. space for creative clarity to solve big problems Mm. um, is huge. Like if I'm constantly under the hammer and I'm operating at 60%, I'm going to lose someone somewhere along the way and I'm going to piss someone off. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was definitely hiring someone. I know that's mm. not the the investment tool that you wanted. Um, I'd say investing in high quality gear that doesn't break. If you want a mm. practical question, yeah. the Zoom H6. Mm. I'm not I'm not sponsored by Zoom. Yeah, but man, the Zoom H6 is amazing in so many ways. It's a podcast recording mm. uh, piece of equipment. It's basically a recorder. Yeah, that's and what we use as well. We have two of them in here right now. Yeah, for a reason. They yeah. have yet to fail on me. Wow. And I've done this many, many times. Yeah, very solid piece of tech. So Darren, thank you so much for coming in today. I've, I've learned a lot, like always, like our regular conversations. <laughs> I'm just sitting here listening, absorbing all of this knowledge that I'm going to take away in action straight away. So all of Darren's resources that he's mentioned, you guys can find at metagy.com forward slash podcast. But before I let you go today, There's one final question that we like to ask all of our guests. So are you ready for launch? Yes. Because you're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. So what business do you start when you land on Mars and how would you market it to the new Martians? All right. I'm going to pick that apart um, because... I don't think Elon will be on the first one, but (laughs) but, but for the sake of this story, um, I'm a big Elon fan and I definitely want to go to Mars. So this is, this is a great question. I want to be the first to market with anything audio and in particular mm-hmm. radio podcasting in the beginning. That's, that's phase one, right? Right. Obviously then transition to music. I would literally just duplicate and copy everything the U.S. has done on <laughs> earth uh-huh. with media because the media industry first started like only what, 67 years ago. Like proper, you know, like mm. let's say, you know, mid the, the 40s and 50s is when media started becoming an actual thing. I know there were operas, you know, back in Shakespeare, Shakespeare times and plays and all that. But, um, you know, I guess recorded medium, media as a medium. Mm. Humans, fortunately slash unfortunately, will be the same. So unless we start hacking our biology and our DNA, which Elon Musk has a company called uh, Neuralink, or I think they changed the name, uh, the name, but it's it's a brain-machine interface. You know about this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. excited about that. I want to I be a uh, second stage on that. Uh, first person, I, they might die. So, <laughs> But yeah, so people, humans are going to be the same humans on Mars as they are here. Yeah. Like 50,000 years ago, humans are the same as now. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have the same needs and wants and, and desires and the same psychology. So mm-hmm. audio will definitely be there. And first to market, obviously, yeah. is going to be huge. So that's actually the biggest thing. And then it's like the Wild West. Mm. It's like the, the gold rush in San Francisco. You're the first one there. That's your land. Yeah. Like No one could take that from you. <laughs> so, you know, my, my virtual land will be the first radio station or the first mm. whatever on Mars. Mm. I guess you can listen to pot because the internet, but there'll, there'll be a five minute delay with the internet. Yeah, big lag. Yeah. So I guess it would always be like downloaded videos and stuff. It wouldn't be real time. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that is the long-winded answer. And any name for this media conglomerate? I'd probably it's, I hate naming stuff. <laughs> Pod paste media. <laughs> it would be what Pod-paste I name media, everything. Yeah. The Mars chapter. 
Thanks, Darren. And thank you so much for coming in today. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go and how can people find out more about Podpaste? The best place is podpaste.com. Just that's it, not .au. Hit me on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Those are cool places. Standard chat. Email me, darren at podpaste.com. That's always a nice one. It's D-A-R-E-N, one R and E. The biggest thing I would love to tell everyone if I had a billboard, this is a Tim Ferriss kind of answer to one of his questions, is make good, high-quality audio work. Whether the conversation is a good one, think about your questions if you're going to get into podcasting. Mm. Beforehand, a lot of people that start podcasts say, oh, we've got good chat. Me and my friend have good chat. (laughs) Good banter. Yeah, good banter. We should start a podcast. And I'm like... Uh, stop listening to morning radio shows. Like you think they're just talking about crap <laughs> mm. is going to actually mean that you're good. And yeah, that works, but it usually works for celebrities because the celebrities are interesting. Mm. So um, I'm pretty sure, you know, most people have marketing businesses and your business is interesting to whatever niche you want to be at. Uh, make sure you're, you're, you're just, the quality is good, whether it's the actual audio quality or it's the storytelling or both. Mm. Don't take the shortcut. Don't DIY it. Don't put the iPhone in the middle of the table and, edit your audio on your phone and then put it up. Like I, 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 people might disagree with me. I'm, I like taking strong opinions and holding, you know, just strong beliefs. And Mm. I'm cool with someone being like, but, but, but my friend Mm. did the podcast. So this company does a podcast and they pay no money and blah, blah, blah. So Mm. I just, you know, it's the core foundation of the ethos of my company and Mm. how I think is just audio always gets the short stick in, in media. Like mm. everyone's like whatever about audio literally just had a conversation about that with a company and the whole experience is based around audio for them and they just don't care about it wow and i'm like that's a shame so uh i'm fighting the uphill battle and it's cool mm. love your strong opinions as well i often bring uh things i found online to darren and he shoots them down straight away with some great rationale some great lessons <laughs> as well So I got to thank you for your ongoing mentorship and help with the podcast. Anytime, anytime. And thank you so much for coming in. It's been fun. Might have to get you on for a round two in the future. Yes, that would be great. Thank you for having me and uh, see you guys later. (laughs) Oh, hear you later. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Darren. From Medigy, you've just listened to Forward Thinking. Again, I'm Darren and Medigy hopes we helped you find more insights and tips into your business. To find out more about Medigy and get a listener-exclusive three-month free trial, visit us at medigy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, go and check out some more episodes. If you like what you heard, please share a link to another business owner or marketer who you think could get something from this. Also, to help us out, it would be great if you left a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Last, never miss another episode by following or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast player. See you on the next episode.